Hi everyone, it's Richard Tubb here, and I'm joined today by a fairly new friend of mine, Paul Lloyd. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very good. Good. Now, Paul is a very experienced business development manager and a team builder with a pretty impressive CV. Uh, Paul has led large sales teams at Fujitsu, Specialist Computer Centers, Nexus, ICL, and many, many more recognizable names within the IT industry, as well as a number of US startups. And amongst his achievements, Paul helped grow one security vendor's UK business by 25%. He's managed multidiscipline teams of over 100 people, and in now runs TreeMount, a tactical marketing and lead production business. In short, Paul is one of the most experienced sales professionals you're ever likely to meet. Uh, so, Paul, thanks for joining us today. That's okay. Thank you for now, asking. I think, oh, you're very welcome. Now, you and I, I think, share a common belief, and that's that too many people within the IT industry don't really have a system in place for sales. And I think it's fair to say, as a result, we see lots of people wasting time and effort pursuing business that to be honest, they're very unlikely to win. Now, I know your work, uh, you work from a sales structure or a system that you've built and has served you well for many, many years. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think all sales, uh, or let's say sales is about opening and not about closing. And what most people don't appreciate is that all sales follow a simple um, series of steps. And I think you know what tends to happen a lot of the time is that they spend lots of money on sales training, which is all about clever technique, questioning techniques, um, without really understanding that you know, as I say, it's a series of steps. So, in terms of the way that that I approach it, then you know I have seven seven simple steps. I have an inquiry um, whereby people you know, get in touch with you, contact you via your website. Um, and then we move that on to a lead. Now, lead uh, is always the most contentious issue within any, certainly any larger business, because there's always dynamic tension between marketing and sales with regards to a lead. But for me, a lead is is an inquiry where they have a requirement, they've got a time scale, and they're actually looking to buy something. So that that's uh, what we're working with. Um, then we have an initial discussion, um, and that can be either on the phone or it can be at a meeting, where you you begin to understand um, the requirements of the customer, you have an opportunity to ask the sorts of things that they're looking for uh, and obviously at the same time they're establishing that you're the sort of business that, um, that they want to deal with. And at the end of each stage it's important to stop and ask if they've got all the information they need, if you carry on with this, are, are you the sort of organisation that they're prepared to deal with? Because all too often you're just wasting time chasing things that um, where you're being not so much led astray, but be, if you don't ask questions and you don't get definite answers, then there's that you know you can uh, start to assume things. So we have our initial discussion. We ask them if we're the sort of business that they'd like to do business with. We ask them their time scales. We reaffirm uh, those, and then we can go away and we can analyse their needs. So the big question there is can we actually satisfy what it is that they're looking for? Um, now, invariably, there's some selling involved in that. But in absolute terms, if you cannot do it, then the best thing to do is to go back to them and say, thank you very much for your time, but on this occasion that we can't do it. Don't chase things where you don't believe you can do it. If you believe you can, again, reaffirm timescales, and then you can move on to 
the presentation. Now, that presentation could be nothing more complicated than a quotation, or it may be a full board level presentation. Um, but what you're there doing is you're presenting what you believe to be the solution against their requirements. So you've understood what their requirements are, you've got that clear understanding, uh, and then you can make your presentation apply to them. At the end of that, again, what you want to be doing is you want to be asking, are they happy with that? Are there areas that you've missed? So all the time you're qualifying. So instead of the typical sort of qualification that people talk about comes at, at an inquiry, at the end of each stage you need to be qualifying. So qualifying becomes a part of your process and making a decision at the end of each one of those steps. Now, with small sales, the actual cost of selling, it's still expensive, but it's not as expensive. If you look at the big organizations, then you could be spending million, two million dollars in terms of that actual sales process. So it's important to qualify hard at the end of each stage. Uh, to ensure that when you go on to the next stage, you're not wasting your time and you're not wasting all of that effort. So we get to the end of the presentation. Are they happy with what they've seen? Are there other um, aspects that they've missed? Are there things that you've included that they hadn't looked at? Um, are they happy to proceed? So are they happy to proceed on to the next stage? Inevitably then, um, you're going to get involved in some form of negotiation um, with the best will in the world any professional buyer is not going to take your first price. So you can revisit all of your requirements. You can get an understanding. And then there's a natural progression towards the big thing which everybody's always seemingly scared of, and that's the close. In terms of asking for the order, if you're following the, these steps through and you're reaffirming at the end of each step, when you get as far as actually taking the order, it just happens. It's a natural conclusion. There's no awkwardness, everybody's happy, you've checked each step of the way that everybody's happy, and then at the end of it, you walk away with an order. And by the nature of the fact that you're taking people out at each stage, you find that you're far more successful. So you know, when you get to the negotiate stage, you should be expecting probably three out of four orders um, because you've invested that time in, in the people who are genuinely serious about buying whatever it is that you're selling. And as I say, the, the, the sort of these steps follow through whether you're buying a pair of shoes or whether you're buying a, a mainframe computer system that needs installation worldwide. The, the, the same premise, the same structure actually applies to any, any sale, any purchase. Um, I think the big difference, certainly from a forecasting perspective, where I've found it really useful over the years is that you can't go back. Um, and what I mean by that is that if you get to the presentation stage and then it starts to unravel or you find that there's something that you've missed from earlier stages or the customer starts delaying in terms of the time scale, then what I've said to people is to stop and go back to the beginning and create a new opportunity or create a new lead and then work that one from the start again. So you don't get this this concept of, you know, you get to one stage and then you start going back through the stages because if you've done each one of those correctly, there is no going back. What's happened is it's changed. So it's important for you to go through through to the beginning and, and start again. 
And if you start to do that, you'll start to see that your ratio of closes will improve. Mm. Now, I think it's interesting because I'm certainly, I was sitting here listening to you talk about your system there and nodding uh, vigorously. And uh, it, it all seems so simple when you put it uh, that way. However, you and I have worked in the IT industry for, for a number of years. And we know that uh, lots of MSPs, lots of IT solution providers um, try and miss steps out. So, for instance, they perhaps don't know the client's budget or they don't know the timescale. They may not even be speaking to the decision maker. And, and as a result, then, the, you know, the sale breaks down. Why do you think it is, Paul, that so many people press ahead with what they feel is a potential sale without having this info to hand? I think fundamentally it's experience and training but also sitting in the background and certainly and again as i said to you you know when we were talking before the call um i've been for the last few weeks visiting a lot of smaller um it resellers in the concept of of their proposition and what it is that they're selling and sales and marketing is a process and it should be going on in the background all the time so that you're constantly having leads generated what people tend to do is when they don't have many leads or they don't have many opportunities because they haven't done the first part correctly or they're not doing it constantly, then there's a tendency to grab onto what you've got and try and make the best with it. Um, and, and as a consequence, you start, and we all do, and in, and, and in reality, it doesn't matter how experienced you are, there comes a time when you've got too few opportunities. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to make those opportunities work as opposed to trying to see where you can get more from. Um, and as I say, you know, it doesn't matter how, how many times you've been around the block, as it were, um, that you know, there will come occasions where you sit down and you've got to be really hard with yourself or sit with somebody that you can discuss it with who will act as a sounding board and go, this isn't really going to happen, is it? Because there is a tendency that you, know, you sort of grab onto things and, and you're holding on them. But if, you're, if you've got the process working in, in the background and you're constantly getting inquiries, you're constantly getting leads, you understand who it is that you're actually selling to. And if you're a small MSP and that West Bank come to you and start talking to you about outsourcing their IT, you know you're not going to get that business. Um, be honest. Say, you know, um, apologize. Say you can't, on this occasion, you're not in a position to do it and move on to the next. Don't chase things where you know in your heart of hearts it's either going to be a real problem when you get it, presupposing that you get it, or alternatively, you're just going to waste a lot of time chasing it when they're going to go with somebody bigger or smaller or more local. Or you know, If you happen to be, you don't do Apple and you start talking to somebody who's got an estate of Apples and they want service, then you know, if you're not an Apple reseller or you're not an Apple service provider, you're not going to get that business. Yes, you could potentially do it, but from their perspective, they're looking for somebody with experience. So, and ask, you know, people, if somebody's not prepared to tell you when they're looking to make a decision, people get twitchy with regards to budgets, which is something I've never really understood. But in terms of the timescale, when are you looking to make this decision? When are you looking to place this order? If they're not prepared to answer it, typically they're not actually serious. So again, be honest with yourself. Um, and walk away from the ones that you don't believe are going to happen and you'll find that people will come back uh, i had a situation many years ago where we i received a um 
a request for tender for a small network. And the, the network was, I can't remember exactly, let's say it was around about £12,000. And But because of the deal that we had, it was with the NHS, the margin wasn't particularly high and they wanted a full process in terms of um, an RFQ and then then a proposal and then a presentation. And I just wrote back and said, you know, on this occasion, we're not going to bid, and these are the reasons why. We're not, you know, the margin is so little, and it's going to cost us so much to sell it. Um, and left it at that. And then, after the closing day, I got a phone call, and they'd come back to us because we'd actually been the only people that had responded. So everybody else had taken the same view, but not bothered to do anything. But because we'd gone back to them and said, on this occasion, we can't do it. These are the reasons why. They actually came back, and we got the order. So being honest uh, and being upfront with people, they respect it. You know, they they understand you're selling something. There's, there's no mystique. You can't sneak in somewhere and pretend you're not a salesman. You know, they understand that you're selling things. You can have a, a sensible exchange, and at the end of that, you make a decision whether or not you want to go into the next stage, or if you're not sure, ask some questions. And when you get the answer, you know, take a hard and experienced view of it as to whether you should carry on but you've only got so many hours in the day so the, the more time you waste on deals that you genuinely believe in your heart of hearts aren't going to happen um, then the less time you've got to spend on the ones that are Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, two points. I've been scribbling some notes while we've been talking. Um, one, when you, you, know, you talk about the, I guess it's emotional investment that people put into um, to the deals that are not right for them, when I guess it's fair to say they don't have an abundance of opportunities. So when times, when there's not that many opportunities there, people tend to emotionally invest in it a little bit more and, and hope, for want of a better word, uh, you know, that things pick up. They, of course, they rarely, if ever, do. And I heard a phrase the other day which I, I thought, you know, st struck a chord with me. Uh, somebody said, marketing is a continuous process, yeah. not an event. And I think that makes a lot of sense because so many uh, small businesses that you see don't worry about the pipeline and don't worry about sales until there's nothing in the pipeline or until they've got no sales lined up. Um, and then, of course, it becomes very difficult to objectively go along to sales meetings thinking, you know, um, it doesn't matter whether or not you win this business. People start to become very, um, very invested in uh, winning that. W would you say that's the case? I think so. I mean, I, as I say, I mean, I think that in the same way, well, it sits behind the business, that the sales and marketing process, and it really doesn't matter how big or small the organization is, you, you've got to be constantly touching people that you want to do business with. And if you're typically a technical business, then technical businesses are run by technical people. But the basics of constant touch, understanding who it is that you, that you want to sell to, um, should be going on all the time. There is a there is a natural length that a sales a sale will take for you. Now it may be three months, it may be two months, but nevertheless, you know, to believe that just because you're short this month you can do it in a week, it just isn't going to happen. So if you've got the thing running in the background all the time, you can turn it up and turn it down, but you can't turn it off and turn it back on again and expect then things to be happening straight away. Um, so, yeah, you know, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, you know, sales and marketing is a process and it sits below. And it, it, from my perspective, because I'm not a techie, it's the bedrock of the business. Um, it's where 
you're you're getting your constant business from and if you think new business then you've always got things coming through um, but as you say I mean if you've only got two or three and you've got to win one of those two or three you're either going to compromise your price um, because you're desperate for it or you're going to commit to do something that you've not done or perhaps you've not done very well in the past and that's just going to cause you problems so you know, I would say you steer clear of those and just keep a constant stream of people that you know that you that you can do good business with happening all the time do your newsletters your email shots it doesn't have to be that complicated I mean it, it, it's just a straightforward uh, contact process almost and then somebody comes up and says you've been sending me this um, you know, I've got a supplier at the moment but our contract runs out in in three months time and we want to review the market or we're not getting the right service or now my server's just gone down can you help me out it's an emergency and then you've got your opportunity mm, absolutely now I'm speaking with Paul Lloyd an experienced sales professional and owner of Treemans a tactical marketing and lead production business now Paul I've seen you present before and myself as somebody who's fascinated in the history of computing I'm a real retro computing geek um, I've loved hearing about your early experiences in IT sales especially when you worked as a small Apple reseller uh, can you share that story with us yeah I mean uh, the story you refer to was actually my first ever uh, sale and um, you know, I joined a small Apple dealer at the point at which they were selling Apple IIs. So that wasn't an Apple IIe and it wasn't an Apple IIc for the Apple geeks in the <laughs> listening. Yeah. Um, and I was, for all intents and purposes, thrown the telephone directory and told to start with the abattoirs and ring everybody until I got through to the zoos and then start again. And I got as far as a C and I, I spoke to a Coleman um, and I'd had very little by way of training, but I went and so made the call, got an appointment, went to see them, essentially had my initial discussion. And what he wanted was he wanted a system to be able to produce his delivery notes. Now, you know, this was a long time ago, so it was at the time when to produce a delivery note, they were typing them. And he wanted something where he could produce his delivery notes and then just repeat that process so he didn't have to keep typing each individual one so I went away and I'd, I'd actually done um, a systems analysis and a programming course which is something I try and keep a secret most of the time um, and was able to take one of the sort of rudimentary database programs that were around at that time and produce a system whereby it produced delivery notes so I'd had my initial discussion I'd analysed his needs I'd come up with a solution and I went back and I'd got my Apple II in a case um, and the monitor and I carried it all in his office and set it all up and I did him a demonstration and showed him exactly what he wanted to see. And sure enough, uh, at the end of that meeting, he said he wanted one. Um, and I figured that that was possibly the easiest sale. Well, in fact, it wasn't necessarily the easiest sale I was ever going to make because I obviously thought from that point they were all going to be that easy. Um, and I walked away with an order for £3,500 and that was for an 8K Apple II uh, with two 128K floppy disk drives when the disks were floppy. Um, and we did it on a, on a lease, as it was at the time, and, and he, got his, he got his system and I got a commission check. Um, and the rest, as they say, is history. 
Wow, I love that story. Um, I go as far back as the Apple IIe, so that, <laughs> that, that predates even that. That's a brilliant story. I love hearing that. And I know, having spoken, you've got plen- plenty of other stories uh, from when you were starting out in your career as well. But uh, going back to something you said earlier on in the conversation, that you said you were visiting a lot of MSPs um, in, in the UK uh, and looking, I believe you're looking at running a number of workshops aimed at helping IT professionals to understand your sales process better and to actually you know make better use of their sales time um, tell us a little bit more about yeah, that I mean, if you I, as you know we've been talking to um CompTIA about running half day workshops around sales i mean I, I have a i suppose a passion in some respects with regards to this whole concept of the structure of a sale because i, I just think that there's an awful lot of nonsense um that people charge lots of money to tell you around selling and, and this it's sort of created as some sort of mystic art so we've been talking to CompTIA about putting some half a day sessions together for their members but the other thing that um, that I've been doing is visiting um, as I say a, a number of the of the smaller MSPs and resellers with a view to having a workshop and I ran one on on Friday for a, a small MSP and actually it was an Apple Apple MSP based in London where now we review not only the proposition that they have to offer but start from the basics of who are they selling to and start to build up that contact process and that that sales process that you know we've got running in the background so uh, at the minute we've done it or I've done it with specific organizations or one-offs and we are looking then to broaden that out into um, having sessions you know similar to yourself Richard and um, and invite you know a number of organisations along to talk about it, but it's it's all around the process. It's all around understanding, you know, what you have to sell, who you want to sell it to, uh, and how to position it, as opposed to you know, do you want this one in red or black or you know, any sort of clever um, questioning technique or, sa- or closing technique at a at a sales meeting? Because I think we've moved on from that. You know, I mean, certainly in the IT space. People buy IT these days because it serves a purpose. We're selling a solution. You know, in the old days, we used to be able to sell technology because it was it was sexy and it was new and people would buy it on that basis. Today, you know, certainly in the SME space, they want to reduce costs, become more efficient, or sell more. And so, you know, if we understand that, then what we need to then understand is how we position, you know, what it is that we have to offer. Uh, and have it stress tested you know i mean some of it is around what's missing from your proposition what can we add in there that a makes you more money but makes the whole thing a little bit more rounded um so it's a sort of true interactive uh, workshop based on based on their business it's interesting you say about what SMBs want from from IT nowadays, and I think I published a newsletter a couple of months ago now, the title of which was "The End of Fashion IT," that caused quite a lot of uh, uh, feedback. Um, and what I mean by fashion IT was that you know people don't just buy it for the bells and whistles anymore; they want to know how it's going to make an impact on their how it's on their bottom line, how it's going to save them money, or how it's going to make them money. So probably the days of um, I am a techie, uh, you know, the days when 
I uh, used to run an MSP and could go and uh, talk to people about, you know, small business server and all the cool things that it did. Those days, are, I think, are pretty much over. And nowadays, you know, uh, you need to speak as one business owner to another um, and understand that it is all about the bottom line, essentially. Absolutely. I mean, I, I made a living selling new kits every nine or 12 months. Uh, I mean, if you go back to towards the end of the 90s, I mean, you, you've got a situation where the manufacturers are refreshing their product their product range every six months. And by the time you'd got one out in the, in the market, there was a new one. And because I worked in the enterprise space, enterprises would go out and buy the latest one. Um, and so you knew that you were on a constant refresh. Um, and that all sort of came to a grinding halt with um, Y2K. And, and since then, um, you know, people have stepped back off it and, it, and they'll sweat what they've got. But what they need to see is they need to see what they're getting from it. Um, and you know, if you're selling an MSP, is what they're benefiting? Where are they saving money? Are they getting any, you know, any, an increase in service? Uh, if they're paying you for the service, what's their likely downtime? What's it going to cost them if it goes down? And these are all the things that you know, they do in the same way as you do. I mean, if you, if you look within yourself in terms of when you purchase things, it's no different. There's no sort of magic formula. You're looking to buy something because you want to improve your business. They're looking to buy something because they want to improve their business. Um, and as you say, it's business owner to business owner. And anybody who comes in with feeds and um, is it features and features and feeds and speeds and all that sort of I, I mean, I, I just believe in this day and age, it's um, it's too late. You know, we've gone that. That that's all passed us by. Um, it's what's in it, how's that going to improve and what's it going to save me um, what is the benefit to my business Absolutely, absolutely. So, Paul, we're reaching the end of our time now. So, I, I mean, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And I think what you've laid out in, um, you know, your sales process here makes absolute sense. Um, and I think it'd be worthwhile any MSP who's uncomfortable with selling or is not selling as much as they'd like to, or indeed just wants to take it up to the next level, would be, you know, well advised to uh, to look you up and to give you a call. Um, if anybody does listen to this and wants to reach out to you, Paul, what's what's the best way for them to do so? Um, um, my email address is pl at treemount.co.uk. I am on Twitter, um, which is Paul Lloyd One. So that, that's Paul Lloyd with three L's in the middle, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also on Skype uh, as Paul Paul Lloyd One. Um, I am available on my mobile, um, which is 0764 and I mean, anybody that, that just wants to, even if it's just to, to chat through an issue or a, you know, a sort of sales situation they've got at the moment, then you know, by all means, give me a call, drop me an email and I'll come back to you and, and see what I can do to help. No problem. Well, I appreciate you sharing those details. And I know um, quite often a case when, when I put together these sort of interviews with experienced people within the industry like yourself, uh, there's almost a reluctance for people to reach out, for small MSPs to reach out because they believe that, hey, you know, this guy is an expert and he's going to be far too busy to speak to me. So um, I think, you know, I'd encourage people to, to reach out to Paul. Well, Paul Lloyd, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And um, I'll look forward to getting together with you and talking about apples again in the future. <laughs> Thanks for that, Richard. Cheers, Paul. Hey. 
Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.